This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Episode 91. I don't think there's anybody that I'm happier for this morning than interesting. There are three people. Okay. Can you name those three people, you think? I have no idea where you're going with this. Well, well what happened? What happened last night that we've been talking about for days, okay. weeks? Jack Eichel, maybe? Is is he part of that? I don't know. Is, <laughs> I mean, he's he's associated with it. Yeah. Okay. Just so, fire away. Tell me, tell me, tell me what you're thinking. In no particular order. Okay. In no particular order. But actually, I'll do it in order. Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck, yep. Peyton Krebs. Krebsy. Kevin Adams. Those three people in particular. Okay. Do you know okay. why? And why? No, no, I don't. Well, because do you really not know why? Do you did you I don't? I don't. Just do you know that last night Vegas was officially eliminated from the playoffs? Okay, but listen, I, I don't take any joy. I really don't. I, I, I mean, there, there may be tons of people here in Buffalo land and Sabre land, and, uh, you know, there might be some sort of, um, you know, point the finger at Jack. He's the reason why they're out of the playoffs. He's the reason why That's, the whole I didn't say train that. derailed off the tracks in Vegas. I don't take any pleasure in Jack not ma- making the playoffs. To be honest with you, Deep down inside, I would have liked to see Jack play in the playoffs because I would have liked to see what Jack has in store in elevating himself to another level playing in the playoffs. Yeah, well, you're completely- assuming you're assuming right now that that's where I was going with this because it's been a Jack beatdown session since March 10th. Okay. Tell me where you're going with this. Well, it, is it not obvious? No. Why? Okay. What? Why would I be happy for Peyton Krebs? And Alex talk, put Kevin Adams off to the side for a second because they have, uh, they have a new opportunity. Peyton Krebs is a 20 year old hockey player. It's his first year. In, okay. I don't know where you're going with this then. Oh, I, okay. I think I know they were traded to the Buffalo Sabres and their team that they were traded from does not have a chance to win the Stanley cup. And is when they were traded here, were they not the favorite? Did we? Did everybody not say when Jack comes back that favorite? it's going to? No, a lot, lot of people picked them, Craig. Lots yeah, top, and lots and lots of people picked them. Top five, I think. I t- top five, and then listen, Vegas Golden Knights are one thousand percent a playoff team in this league. Okay, well they're not they this year. Got derailed. And oh, Petey, I mean, there's, listen, don't tell me, I don't want, I don't want anyone writing in or, or, or telling me what they got derailed by injuries. I know other teams in the league have injuries and they have to deal with those things, but Vegas golden Knights were demolished by, by injuries, like not something way worse than most teams in the league and top players out. For extended periods of time, they could not rebound. They just could not rebound. They next year, if they can tinker around with their roster, 
they will be a very competitive team next year. Okay. That's fine. Very competitive. That's fine. And that's, that's next year. And you should know this better than anybody because the first, like I was playing in Buffalo for my first and only NHL team at the time. So I, I processing the emotion of being traded off of a really good team that could go and win the cup never occurred to me. It would have been like us getting, it would have been like me getting traded or anybody getting traded from the 06, 07 team and then goes on to win the president's trophy. And you're sitting there saying like, I don't want them to win without me. I don't want to be the piece that gets moved out. And all of a sudden, you know, they go on to win. You said this to me when you came to San Jose and I know I've referenced it before. So our regular listeners have heard me say this, but I remember the conversation I had with you and I can't remember exactly where it was, but you said verbatim. I remember saying, how are you going to feel if San Jose wins the cup this year? Cause when you got traded to us, they were the best team in the league in the yeah, West. Any- them, yeah. In the West, anyway, they were the best yep. team in the West, and and you said, Petey, and and you know, like, yeah, we're loose, we swear, like whatever, but you didn't swear. You just looked at me with a dead straight face, and you said, "I will, I will puke if they win." And I remember that's all you said. Like you, you, you were like, "I'd be, I'd be nauseous," you know, like I, I could sense that. And then when I was, tr- when I was traded, I wasn't traded, but when I was. When I left Buffalo as an unrestricted free agent and went to New Jersey, we had a really good team there. And we lost to Philadelphia, who ended up going on to the finals. But um, the point is, we were actually the best team in the, in the East that year. Washington was in a shit division with Atlanta, Florida, Tampa sucked, uh, Carolina sucked. That was pretty much their division. So we had Pittsburgh, Philly, Rangers, Islanders in our division. And we were the by far the best team in the East. Buffalo won their division. Because at the time, I think there were three divisions, were there not? Yes. You guys won your division. You ended up playing Boston in the first round. And I got to tell you, like, I did not want Buffalo to win. I did not want Buffalo to do well. I, I was... Just sitting there thinking, you know, it's it, it. Yes, you're with a new team, and the old cliche of cut the cord and all that stuff that we joke with teammates about. You know, when a new guy comes to the team, it's like cut the cord. Yeah, hard to let go. Hard to let go when you leave and your team has success. You know what I mean? So that's why. Yeah. Sorry for the long-winded uh, rant there, but that's why I wake up today happy for Tuck and Krebs. And, you know, we'll talk about Kevin Adams a little bit later in the podcast as to why we're happy about him and what it means for the Sabres that Vegas didn't make the playoffs. But that's all I meant by that. So when I opened with that, I guess I just expected you to be able to relate. Yes, yes. I know where you're going with it now. And I I agree. Like when I when I was traded to um, the Buffalo Sabres after my first year with with uh, San Jose, I signed in San Jose and did not test the market. And that was, my agent was not happy with this. He told me, test the market, test the market. You are going to be one of the most sought after defensemen, right-handed guy, you know, and I just said, no, I want, I want, I don't care I care about money, but I don't care as much about money 
as I do being in an environment where I'm going to have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, you could so justify elect- forfeiting the extra money you would have gotten in free agency yeah, I, to stay listen, happy I with made, where you were and, and win a, a championship. I made a lot of money in my career. I, I, made, I, I made really good money in my career. And, and for me, it's, it's not just about money. It's about being in an environment where you feel that you have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. And my first year in, in, um, in Buffalo, um, in San Jose, you know, I had, I had a really good year. I played 74 games that year is hurt a little bit, but I had 35 points, you know, I was on place for maybe close to 40 points that year. I was a plus player at over a hundred penalty minutes. I mean, I was, um, on the first power play, which I shouldn't have been. I should like, I shouldn't have been on the first power play because they needed a number one defenseman, a number two defenseman to be in that situation, to run that power play with the Marlowe's and the Thornton and the Jonathan Chichu's. And um, I, I don't know. Wanted... I kind of feel like Reve fits right in there, no, by the way. No, okay, no, it doesn't. Okay, okay. No, it doesn't. I right. thank, thank you for that. You're but welcome. I'm not, I, as much as I was a power play guy kind of growing up when I was younger in junior hockey and stuff like that, I could play power play, but I'm I'm more suited for a number two power play. I'm not a number one guy. I know that. I'm okay with that. I you know I have big shoulders, but um, we needed a number one guy. We needed a number one guy to take that over. Okay, to make us even better, to elevate our team even more, and be more. Da- Meanwhile, we were the number one power play in the league la- that year that I was on the power play. But I I still believe that we could have been even better with a more skilled. But you didn't want it to be at your expense. No, I did. I really did. I actually did. I, for me, it's about winning. I meant like getting shipped out. Taking yeah. off the power play is one thing, but you didn't want to get shipped out so that they could bring people in yes. and do that. You wanted yeah. to be able to have add that and stay. I wanted to be able to move down the ranks on the ladder, bring in someone who is a, better than me that's going to be the guy that's going to log 25 to 27 minutes a night okay that's what i wanted i wanted i wanted um i wanted these guys to 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 find somebody that was an elite an elite top end defenseman that's going to garner major minutes and take take time away from me and put me in a position where I should be, which is probably a number four on, on, on a really, really good team. Okay. But I wasn't in that situation. I was playing as a number one and that wasn't right. And, and I was upset because I had a fantastic year in San Jose. I did everything for the team. I defended well. I played against the other team's top lines. Um, I was on the power play. I was on the penalty killing. I was fighting. I did everything that I had to do. And then all of a sudden they ship me out after one year. I don't understand why they did that because I feel what they needed to do was to find a defenseman that was a top defenseman. I wasn't making a ton of money. Okay. And well, that's what well, clarify, me. clarify because, because the, the everyday person like myself, you were making a ton of money, but on the cap, status in the nhl when you're looking you, at the top defense in the national hockey com- league okay yeah so you just I gotta clarify not. that because you know it's, yeah. it's not all millionaires listening to the pod <laughs> i get it i just gotta remind remind uh you rich guys yeah so um 
you know, when I got traded to Buffalo, I, I was certainly irritated. I, I felt I gave a lot. We were one of the best teams in the league. I think we came second in the entire league that year in San Jose. And I felt that I could have been a really, really good piece to the puzzle there. They just needed to go out and find the right stallion, the right stud. Um, and, uh, you know, listen, I got traded to Buffalo and then all of a sudden we had that conversation about, Hey, Rivs, uh, you know, uh, San Jose's, uh, projected to win the Stanley cup. How do you feel about that? And I'm like, it, it makes me sick to my stomach yeah. is what it does. But if uh, I'm not mistaken, they lost to Anaheim in the first round. If yes. I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I know that because I remember the second, the series ended, I was, I don't know what year that was. Oh eight, oh nine. I was at a bar. I was on a bar stool watching the game. I can't remember where. I can't remember what bar, but I was on a bar stool. I feel like I could remember the bar, but I don't want to give them any credit right now. Um, and I was, and I texted you. It was like twelve thirty at night that the game ended. I feel like or one o'clock in the morning because it was obviously a West Coast game when it's San Jose and uh, Anaheim. And someone could fact check that, but <laughs> if it was a noon game, then I was I was on the bar stool pretty early. But anyway, my point is, I remember messaging you about San Jose losing. I just you know, and that's the same kind of emotion I felt last night for Tuck and Krebs. And it was it was bittersweet for me. Because I love you don't have to say guys. that. No Come way. on. I absolutely love wasn't bittersweet sweet for me when, when Boston knocked you guys out, Buffalo. And you know I was buddies with Millsy and all these guys and you and yeah. Coletta and you know, I knew a lot of those guys, Roisy. But you know what? No, 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 no. Sorry, no offense. But no, I don't know why you feel that way. You're soft. Okay. Um, never been called soft, but, uh, I do, I, I'm emotional guy. I love those guys in San Jose. I deep down inside wanted them to do well, but I didn't want them to do well because I got traded from something that I love to be a part of. It was a team that cared for one another. We're, we're talking about, and let's translate that into what's happening here in Buffalo right now. It's incredible what, what people don't understand about chemistry in a room, okay? You may not have the most elite players in the game. You may not have the, you know, the best goaltender or the best four. You, if you have a team that cares about each other, that truly cares about each other, you will get higher results. There's, it's just, it's, everybody knows that. And you can see with this Sabres team right now, that these guys care about each other. They love coming to the rink. The environment from the coaches, from Don Ganado and, and um, you know, all of his assistants, they are there for the players and the players feel it. There's a lot of communication going on. There's a lot of learning going on. There's a lot of youthful players on this team. Even the older guys, the older guys are like Alex Tuck. What is he, 25? He's not old. But these guys love to come to the rink. They love to work hard. They love to do extra because it's not like one or two guys are doing extra. It's multiple, like large amounts of players on, on the team are staying out, shooting pucks, stick handling, and just having fun doing it and getting better. And the environment in Buffalo right now 
is what I had in San Jose years ago. And that's a good thing to be a part of because you build something. And San Jose, you know, when I was there, was one of the best teams in the league. But we were one of the best teams in the league because we were num- number one, we were led by elite, talented guys, guys like Joe Thornton, guys like Patrick Marlowe, okay? But the glue guys on that team that made the team exceptionally great because we had young guys, Christian Ehrhoff, Matthew Carl, Joe Pavelski. Um, it just sounds like it was an unbelievable mix of young and old. Yes. And I don't mean old. You know what I mean when I say old. Veteran. Young versus veteran. And veteran, I mean Velasic, like guys. That, yeah. You know, it was a really. Who was your goalie? Really, Evgeny Nabokov. <laughs> there you go. He was unbelievable too. Yeah. Russian guy. Best, best Russian player I've ever played with times 10. He is an absolute. He is an absolute beauty. Okay. And I loved, he was, he's very much an unorthodox, um, style. He kind of played the game a lot more like, um, Dominic Asik. He's not that butterfly goaltender. He was like the old school flop around. He was just incredible. He was awesome. And what a great, great, great person. This guy was, I, I I love, listen again, the timing of this comment, but I'm not going to, it doesn't take away from how I felt about these players. I know the Russia-Ukraine situation that's going on, and I'm, I'm not referencing that. I'm not getting into politics or war. But I always loved the Russian players. I mean, I did. I, I always, I always, because you knew, like, they didn't speak English. They were, they were coming from so far away. They had to have been homesick. I don't care how long they've been in the league. You know, and I just, I don't know. I just, I loved it. I love learning about all the other cultures, you know, with the, uh, the different players that came in. So, you know, I mean, I, I play with a lot of great Russian guys. You know, I mean, you say favorite Russian times 10. You know, eh, they get a bad rap sometimes. But I, you know what? I, I liked every Russian I, I ever played with. I don't think there's, there's one that I didn't like. So, I don't know. Maybe you feel I have mixed emotions. I, I have on a, on a few. Very, or wow. I, uh, listen, I played with Andre Markov. And... um Andre Markov turned into one of the best defensemen um, in the NHL at, at uh, when he played. He played, uh, you know, a very, very, very long time. He's the one that came to your retirement party in North Bay, right? Was he there? Yes. Dressed, yes. dressed like he was ready. I mean, I dressed. I, I looked like I was, I, I, yeah. So the pink, but the pink you shorts. You looked like you were a little uh, preppy fa- flat. Uh, frat party with pink shorts, <laughs> pink and, uh, shorts. Uh, yeah, walking down North uh, uh, Main Street in North Bay with <laughs> I told you yelling told at you. me out of the window. What did I tell you? Driving by what? I'm like, you shouldn't be walking down at that that part of town with pink suede, shorts and uh, suede white. loafers on and a, a pair of pink shorts, a nice powder blue shirt in North Bay. Yeah. Like that is not the place for 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 that. Um, no, it then, is not. So he showed up and he left. Remember, he left your he left your party late, but he had a driver, didn't he? And he came from Montreal. And he's oh, like, hey, where where do I go? <laughs> Where's the club here in North Bay? <laughs> he so he showed up. Andre Markov shows up to a retirement party. 
we had Saku and this was all something that I didn't know about. My wife set it all up. She did a great job. You know, I had some of my close, close buddies show up. Ryan Savage, who is like a mentor for me in, in Montreal. Saku Koyavu flew over from, from Finland. Just for that. Flew over from Finland and flew back the next day with his, with his wife. It was incredible, right? Andre Mark. He had the most up. fun of anybody. He, oh, he, my God. He is. Yeah. He, he, listen, I mean, the Finns are all the same, eh? They're, they're quiet, they're calm, and until you get a few cocktails in them, and then they're just absolutely, uh, they're off the chart. But Andrew, anyway, Markov, if you remember, shows up. And I was shocked to see this guy because this, it meant a lot for me for this guy to show up to my party. Okay. And I, I, I was talking to him for a little while. I say, Hey, how'd you get up here? You know, like he goes, I got my friend to drive me. I said, well, where's your friend? He goes, you sit in the car. And I said, Marky, go out and get your buddy and get him in here. He goes, no, he sit in the car. He wait. So his buddy sat in the car for, I don't know how many hours. And then apparently he, you know, he wanted to go to a bar before he left. And I'm like, I don't know what bar to send you to Marky, because it ain't Montreal, bud. Like you might not, you might he's, not. He was dressed like he was going to a club in Montreal though. Yeah. He's well, he was dressed for not any bar in North Bay. I'll tell you that right now. So that wouldn't have been a good situation, but I don't know what the hell he did. He, he, uh, he went somewhere. You might've went with him. No, I didn't. I didn't. I stayed at, I stayed at the party and then went back to the hotel and had to get up and leave early the next day. Um, but we, uh, we went, we went sideways. They were, you know, we were talking about Russian players and whatever, but, um, you know, I started the podcast talking about how I was happy for, uh, Tuck Krebs. And I also mentioned Kevin Adams. And, you know, I, I think when he made that trade, there's no way that he thought it would be between pick 11 and 16. There's no way. Now, just so everybody knows, you can only move up 10 spots in the draft lottery. So if Vegas picks in the top 10, Sabres will get the draft pick next year, which you don't want that to happen. Because Vegas isn't going to miss the playoffs. Vegas isn't going to miss the playoffs next year. This is the only shot you have at getting the highest draft pick from the Vegas night. The Vegas Golden Basically Knights. Basically, getting eleven to what is it? Seventeen, sixteen, I think. Okay. This is the best opportunity because next year Vegas Golden Knights are going to be back where they where they should be because they're that good. They have, you know. Um, you know, you get a healthy goaltending duo back there. You have a really solid defense core, which has been banged up this year. You're going to have, you know, the the offensive power that they have offensively in Vegas. They're going to be a top team in the league again next year. So that pick, if 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 it moves to 2023, it's going to be a much higher pick, much, much higher pick. We are sitting right now where we're probably going to be picking – 16 or 17 with the Vegas pick right now, if it stays the way it is. And that's kind of the pick that we want. We really do. We do not want them to win a lottery pick where they move up into the top 10 because 
then that pick goes to the 2023 draft and we know it's going to be a lot higher. So I really, we expect it to be a lot higher. I mean, in reality, it should definitely be a lot higher. Yeah. So we're going to be picking with the Sabres pick. The Sabres are not quite sure. It's, it's, we're not sure where they're going to be. They're going to be anywhere from the highest they can pick as seven and the lowest they can pick as 11. So right now they currently sit at nine, but it's going to, you have to play Vegas. No, this is Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo, Buffalo. Sorry. Yeah. So they can, if, if Sabres lose their last two games and teams below them win their games, we can drop from nine to seven. The highest we can pick is seven. The lowest we can pick is 11. Okay. Then we're going to have the Vegas pick, which is most likely going to be 16 or 17. And then we're going to have the 32nd pick um, with uh, Florida. I think the Sabres should, with those two picks, if, if in, wherever the Sabres pick is and whatever Vegas is, if you do get it this year, right, which means it would be between 11 and 16. If you do get it this year, personally, you might disagree. I would be thinking draft one, trade one. You know, like. Well, which one are you gonna? Which one are you gonna trade? Like a thirty-second pick for me. Well, doesn't not, it's not. It, it's I forgot not about the Florida valuable. pick. I forgot about the Florida pick. I was I was excluding the Florida pick. I'm talking about the Sabers pick or the Vegas pick. Of yeah. those two, I forgot they had the third one. Thanks for the reminder for the Sam Reinhardt deal. Um, I would draft one, trade one. So, you know, bring in a piece that will be here. You know. Yeah. Five, be six years down the road. And, and, and when you look at the Sabres, you know, you, you always look at what you kind of need. The first thing is you look at where are areas you need to improve on. And right now, in the goaltending situation, you know, you have uh, Uka Pekalukkanen, who's 22 years old. You have Eric Portillo, who's 22 years old. And you have Devin Levi, who's 20 years old. I think your goaltending depth right now is is very solid, okay? Then you look at your defense. Do they need, with a high pick, to take a defenseman? The last couple of years, you know, took a first overall pick in Darlene, took a first overall pick in, in um, um, Owen Power, took a first-round pick in Ryan Johnson, who is not here yet. Um, you took Yoki Haru and made a trade with him for um, Nylander. Alex Alex Nylander. You have Samuelson. So they other done- way around, by the way. But yeah, I get what you're saying. They took Nylander and dealt him, being that first round pick for yeah, well, ne- Yoki Haru. Like Alex Nylander was uh, an eighth overall pick, was he right? Not? And Alex Nylander should have been a defenseman in the first place. Period. Whichever one you want to pick that was available at that time. Should, should have, have been, been a should have been a defenseman. A, you had an opportunity at Sergachev. You had an opportunity at Chikrin. Chuck McAvoy. McAvoy. Like I mean, drop the ball. So big there, it's ridiculous. But we don't need to go back. We got Yoki Haru, who who's turned into a really nice player for this team moving forward. Samuelson is a really nice player moving forward. And then all of a sudden, you you sit there and say, okay, what? In, with our first pick, you pick the best forward available. 
you know, we've got some great, great young talent, middle stat and eight, eighth overall pick. You got Krebs, you've got Dylan Cousins, you've got uh, a Tage Thompson, who is a first rounder who's coming into his own. Um, and, you know, you have JJ Paterka that they moved up in the second round to get. You have Jack Quinn, who's an eighth overall draft pick. Both those players very possibly could be in the Sabres lineup next year. I mean, there is a lot of, of young offensive talent that's going to be inserted into this lineup. Now you need to continue to build for the future. Okay. You really do. So, you know, could there be an, a, a possibility of trading that pick for a 23 first round draft pick? Because do you want three first rounders in one year? So give it back to Vegas for their pick next year and have them give you Keaton Cole, sir. Uh, They're not doing that. Um, They might. They might. They're going to need to shed some salary somehow, uh, some way. I mean, I don't know. That's not our issue, but I don't know. I, I like what you're thinking. Are you finished? Because I have another point I want to make. You bring up all this young talent yeah, I, coming I, into I'm the finished. team, and I want to I want to continue there. Okay. Well, I think a lot of people want to see right now your Jack Quinn's called up, your JJ Paterka's called up, and these some of these other young guys. I don't know who else. Refresh my memory if I'm forgetting somebody that could be called up, but those are the two guys that I think have the best shot right now to play on the Sabres roster full-time next year. Yep. And – you know, and, and I, I understand what they're saying because traditionally a team that's out of the playoffs when their American League team is done or, you know, whatever, there's games, they, they bring up young talent to give them some experience in the league. And I like that train of thought, but I think, you know, there, there's one more thing. There's one step further. I think if the Sabres had lost their last four games of six or whatever and they weren't looking good and the team wasn't playing well, then I can understand, you know, taking guys out of the lineup. But the teams played well. They've 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 bonded very together. Well. They, thank you, very well. And I just feel, and I expressed this to you earlier, and I just feel like I I don't think it's right to call up two young guys that are probably going to be here anyway to put them in the lineup and take two guys out of the lineup that probably had, don't deserve to be taken out of the lineup. You know with the way the team's played. I could find two players to take out of the lineup, but that doesn't mean they deserve to come out of the lineup. You know, yeah, and, but are you looking for the future? What are two games going to do? It What it does is it sparks the, you know, like a J.J. Paterka or a Jack Quinn. It gives them the little, it gives them that taste, that final taste, taste before. I know, but you know that when you play in the NHL, it's very different than playing in the American Hockey League. It's about sparking that interest. It's about giving them a little taste before they go home because there's no playoffs in Buffalo, and it looks like there's going to be no playoffs in Rochester. That's not good. So you, you want to give a taste to these young players that when they go home, they need to put in the work in the summertime. They need to work on things like you have a Jack Quinn. Does he skate well? Does he shoot well? He's got hockey IQ. He needs to work on his physical frame. 
his body. He needs to get stronger, which will. So if we already know that, why do we need two more games? Because it, it, it sparks uh, a young hockey player. It, well, then it, who, it, go ahead. Sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, no I just, just no, I just feel so, so strongly about my point, but it sparks what? I don't disagree with your point. I really don't. I'm only taking the devil's position here because it, we need to look at the future of this hockey team instead of looking at maybe what we have right now. That is, listen, this certainly played very well. The team is, has chemistry, but it's about the future of this hockey team. It is about doing everything you can to continue to improve the attitude, the psyche of the young players that are going to make this team a top team in the league. It's not just about, like, when you look at our team now, this team has played exceptionally well. They don't have any pressure whatsoever, zero. So they're just going out and playing, and they're, and they're padding their stats. Is it amazing that Paige Thompson has 38 goals right now? Absolutely, because he has no pressure. He has no pressure to, to, got, to stay in a playoff position or try and, you know, trying to get into a playoff position where things matter. Nothing matters right now. He just wants to go out and he's playing well and, and the team's playing well. That being said, the team that we have right now on the ice is not a good enough team to be a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. We need, we need players to rise above and beyond what we, what we all thought capable that's what you need Tage thompson has been a great bright star this year he's exploded onto the scene he's a 65 point player with 38 goals great we need him to be an 80 point player next year in a 40 goal score we need casey middlestat to be a 65 point player next year in 25 goals we need dylan cousins to be a 25 goal scorer and and, and 55 points okay, so what we is that what does that have to, to do we know that what does that have to do with guy, paterka because, and and quinn coming up and taking two spots from players that deserve to finish the season who, off here who? i don't know who? I don't who deserves know. who deserves to be in the lineup is so listen don't get me wrong when I say this Vinny Henestrota has played very very well for this hockey team okay very well is 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 Vinny Henestrosa going to take this team to the next level well they've talked about wanting to bring him back you think they're going to yank him out of the lineup I didn't ask but- that question I didn't ask him if they wanted to bring him back I just told you that he played very well this year yeah is Vinny Hinnis and are you? And I feel like I feel like you're going level. down, and you, I feel like you're suggesting that they should take him out just because of you named him and your the tone. Just name team. it. I'm just hypothetically naming one guy. Okay. 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 My thing is, do you think Jack Quinn is going to have the same, you know, career trajectory as Vinny Henestrosa? No. Okay. So we expect Jack Quinn to be a guy that we need him to explode onto the scenes. We need him to take a huge step forward in our team next year. We need him for the year after to even take a bigger stride. We need him to be a guy that is, quite frankly, one of the top players on our team. J.J. Paterka, I had a sit-down 
with Mike Pekka uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Having a couple of cocktails together. We're talking about Rochester, talking about the players on the team, the attitude, the whole shoot match. And he does not stop talking about JJ Paterka. Okay. He thinks that this kid is special. Okay. Special. Not just a good and if player. He doesn't play these two games this year, these last two games or a game, he's not going to be special. Sorry, my I had point to. I is, had to. I had my, to. No, 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 no. You you can have your opinion, but you're you're worried about keeping a happy, friendly little environment with two games left where I'm looking at giving an opportunity to like so Rochester plays Friday night. Okay. That's the last game of the season. The Sabres will have one more game in their season. Do you bring up J.J. Paterka and do you bring up Jack Quinn to play the last game of the season? Yes or no? If everybody stays healthy in Boston, they play tonight in Boston. Is it tonight and tomorrow they play? Yes. If everyone stays healthy in Boston... No. No, I don't. Clarify. I don't know. I don't. You, you, are you saying if you don't need players to step in, if you don't need players to call up, if you don't need bodies, then no, I'm not. Okay. I'm finishing the season with this group because okay. they've come together as, as a group. And you know what? Quinn and Paterka can earn their way in next year. They're already going to be handed spots, but that doesn't handed. mean it. Talking oh, about Quinn, hand- Quinn will be hand well earned, but handed. I mean, he's got a spot next year. To me, Quinn has a spot. So, yeah, I think they're keeping a roster spot open for Jack Quinn next year. Paterka, I can't say for sure. Okay, maybe, probably. I don't know. You might have a better idea th- than I do. So, so, this is a point a game player as a 19 year old in the American Hockey League. Okay, that's that, great, great. That, that but Riv. You of all people know that that doesn't automatically translate into NHL success. And I'm not saying that it won't. All I'm just saying, so, just so we can end this conversation, Buffalo plays Boston on Thursday and their last game of the season. Well, what is day Friday. is it today? What day is it Friday? Today? What day is it today? It's Thursday all day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they play Boston tonight. Yes. And tomorrow they they play Chicago. But the last game of the season for Rochester Americans is uh, is on Friday. So maybe they don't call those guys up. Yeah, okay. But you know what? I mean, the Amherst aren't in, are they? They're missing the playoffs, are they not? They're going to miss the playoffs, yes. No, they are going to or they They already have? They are, I do not think they are mathematically out, but they're, they're damn close. They're like, you know. Well, if there's a chance for them to get in, then they won't consider it. But I mean, the consideration not it. it, They don't hold their own destiny, is what I'm saying. Other teams, there's a whole bunch of things that have to, like colossal breakdowns, have to happen for them to make the playoffs. Yeah, I was under the impression that they were definitely going to miss the playoffs. That's kind of where I was at. So. You know, if they if they wanted to call them up, they could. I just don't think they should. That's my own personal opinion. Okay, simple as I that. I can but say I, that because listen, the, the last game of the season is Friday for the Amherst, and the last game of the season for the Sabers is on Friday. So, 
Fair enough. Well, that's all because you know what? There just there's a lot of conversation about those two players, um, in particular. Um, Tage Thompson, how important is it for him to get to forty? Uh, how important it, is it for him? Um, you know, obviously scoring scoring twenty goals in this league is a feat. Um, and by the way, he he does not have thirty eight goals. He has thirty seven goals. Did I say 38 or did you? I said 38 because um, he, he, um, he ended up, uh, you know, scoring 38 in the game, but apparently Jeff Skinner um, touched the puck. So, Jeff Skinner uh, let it be known that he uh, did touch the puck after the game and they made the the goal change. There so, you go. Good on Jeff Skinner for his 33rd. Hey. Who who like is it really that important is it really that important Jeff? You know, obviously. Let, let the kid have it. Let, let, the, let the kid have it. Let let the kid get 40, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know that it's important. I asked the question because I, I'm sure he wants to hit 40, right? A couple games left, but like, yeah, listen, I mean, he, uh, he's, I would really like to see him hit 70 points. He needs three points in, in two games. I would really like to see him hit a 70 point season, 37 goals. I mean, hit is he's had a, he's really had a fantastic year. Um, you know, Jeff Skinner's played well. Um, Alex Tuck has played very well. Rasmus Dahlin has um, continued to develop this year into to a top-end defenseman, as far as I'm concerned. Um, how about Victor Olofsson? He started off the season fantastic, got into some injury troubles, came back, Went 28 bloody games without a goal. How is that even possible with this guy? But he's had, he scored 20 goals and 49 points in 70 games. And he, and he for, for a stretch of play there, was, was just, you know, missing Perfect. in action. It's, it's actually, it's exactly what Buffalo needs. Up his value before the draft. Trade him at the draft. You think they'll, they'll do that? Do I think they'll do that? I don't know yeah. if they'll do that. I think they should do that. But that's just me. There are a lot of Olafson lovers out there because they think, you know, we need that skill of shooting. But, I mean, I kind of feel like that's what Jack Quinn's going to bring to the table. Yeah, very. You know, uh, and, 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 and you need more. You need more. I mean, if you're going to pay this guy upwards of four, four and a half million bucks just to be a shooter, I think you're crazy. People talk about how are the Sabres going to get to the cap floor. You know, I mean, who knows who yeah. they're going to go out and try and acquire? I mean, you can go and overpay Craig Anderson to come back. You know what I mean? If you want to, you know, jack that up a little bit. There are other ways to, you know, bump up your cap floor if you need to, but you don't have to do it on a one, literally a one-dimensional player. I doesn't make him a bad person. doesn't make him a bad teammate. It just makes him something that the Sabres don't necessarily need right now or anymore, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. You know, that's just I really wonder what they're going to do. I wonder if Craig Anderson is going to call it quits 
he's had a great career or if he's going to try and stick it out for one more season. I don't think Craig Anderson had any idea what he was up, up for this year, to be honest with you. I don't think he had any idea. And, and in fact, I wonder if some of it, it his comeback this year was with the anticipation of being traded at the deadline and then, you know, to a cup contender, which, you know, might've been possible. Maybe he wanted to stay here. I don't know, but he was, he's played really well. I don't think he maybe, I think, I think he overexceeded his own expectations and, you know, he signed that league minimum deal. He came in here as a veteran guy, as a leader, which is a tough thing to do as a goalie when you got, you know, goalies have enough to worry about. And, uh, and I think I think you could pay him to come back. I think you could can, like. There's no way if he said to his wife, like "They're so far under the floor." Like, how far I mean, under the floor are they? I, I I don't know, but they're they are in. They have to get to the floor, and they are not anywhere near the floor. They're going to have to pay some players, and if you're going to pay a player for a one year deal. To try and get to the floor, why wouldn't you do it with a guy like Craig Anderson? Clearly deserves it. I, I mean, give him four million bucks easily. Yeah, easily. Give him, give four him, million I, that, bucks. That'll that'll keep him out of retirement. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to. I'm just looking here. At, you and know, listen, you could, Craig you Anderson's could, 40, 41 years old. It it it's Uka Pekalukinen has to take the opportunity to move forward in his career. He needs to establish himself moving forward as a number one guy. And next year is going to be a big year for Uka Pekalukkanen. It's going to be a transition year. They're going to probably, you know, Craig Anderson for the first half of that year is going to be the number one goaltender. And then you're going to hope that Uka Pekalukkanen takes over that number one position by the second part of the year. That's what the, that's what has to happen. So there's some pressure on, on Uka Pekalukkanen. It's his time to shine. He's played some years in the minors. He's played some games. He's played well. He needs to make the jump and take over that number one spot. Go and offer Eric Goodbranson. <laughs> Five million dollars a year. No, no. Okay. No, I like it, but he makes 1.95 right now in Calgary. I know that he loves it in Calgary. Okay. He's playing, uh, he's playing probably on the third defense pairing with uh, Zakita Zadorov and uh, Nikita. Nikita Zadorov. And that is, that is a power. That is a power. You know, defense core. I would mean, you go after PK Subban? I would not. Okay, I would right. not. And you know what? I I I like PK. I think he's a really solid defenseman. I just think his name and his aura around him is bigger, um, and could be somewhat of a distraction on this team. You want to know how you get to the cap floor next year? You go take on at the draft another shitty contract, and you get another pick. You find one of these teams that are extreme. How many teams next year are going to be in cap hell? Well, th- every team's in cap hell. I look at this. Buffalo's I look at not. The, well, okay. You look at all the teams. Like I'm going to scroll down here to middle of the pack. All right. So we are obviously know the top teams are up against it, right? In terms of salary cap, let's go down to the Islanders here. Okay. 
Islanders, they're they're toward the bottom. They're in the bottom half. Okay. They only have 2.6. I mean, it's not like these teams down at the bottom have a ridiculous amount of cap space. Like like Florida's in the middle and they have 198,000 in cap space. You know, it's like there is no cap space on. Yeah, but you got to understand they have 198,000 in cap space, but you also are adding next year a 10 million dollar player in on in Barkov. That's going to be that they still do you know that they still have to sign Jonathan Huberto? No, no first round picks for the next three years in Florida. No second round pick this year. No, no second round pick two years from now in Florida. They are they are going for it big, big time. You know who else goes to UFA is uh, Nolachari. He's another one on their team that uh, you know he's only played eighteen games this year, but still, yeah, he's another guy. Uh, Mason. It'll Marchman. be interesting. You know, Florida. It'll be interesting to do with uh, Claude Giroux. Like, what does Claude Giroux do? He he is shredded it right now in in Florida. He has twenty three points in eighteen games. He's played exceptionally well. He has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. It's Florida. So my my thought here with this with with this guy is he's just coming off of a $66 million deal, okay? He had the deal before that he signed, it was 11, 11 and a half million. He's made $75 million in his career. He's never won a cup. Do you think that Claude Giroux does the ultimate hometown discount and, and, and re-signs with the Florida Panthers on a one-year deal? I don't know. I, I with a chance to win it, I'm sure. I'm sure he would. But then again, there's been talk about him with Ottawa. Uh, okay, but you know there are other. Yeah, who you want to go to Ottawa for? I think they're up and coming. Oh, great! Oh yeah, yeah super. no, I, I, no, I don't think they're as far away as you think. I, I, okay, I personally well, don't. I'll tell you right now. I will take right now Buffalo Sabers lineup over theirs. You know what? I would love to see those two teams in a seven-game series this year right now. I think it would be absolutely – I think it would be unbelievable to see I'll these two Buffalo. teams. I'm not With saying I wouldn't take Buffalo. Buffalo. right now with our youthful core that's going to be up and coming, how many 20-year-olds do we have in our lineup? Yeah, How many 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds? I, 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 I get that. I'm just saying, and I'm just saying, I'm not saying I wouldn't take Buffalo. I'm just saying I think right now – with where we've seen Buffalo climb to with the way they've played, I think Ottawa and Buffalo right now would be an unbelievable seven-game series if we could see that. Why wouldn't we be going after Claude Giroux? Uh, we have all this cap space up our yin-yang, and you can't tell me that we can't go sign Claude Giroux for a two-year deal, bring no. him in. No, We're saving it for Pat Kane. Not this year. Not this year. Kane's Kevin, not coming to Buffalo. You want to bet? Yep. Do you want to bet? Yes. He's, his contract's going to run out ne- after next year, okay. and I absolutely believe Patrick Kane would come to Buffalo. Okay. You are on crack hook. Okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But I, I, I feel like he would. I don't see why he wouldn't. 
I you don't you don't think that he's uh, paying attention to what's going on here? Two years ago, no. Is he coming here for money and a payday? No. But I think he's I think he would come come home and try to help take this franchise to the next level um, from what he remembers when he was a kid back in I don't want to say it oh six oh seven, but still. But in this conversation, while I'm looking around, I think I just found Owen Powers D partner next year. Go trade, go go get Florida to give you Radko Gudis. He's got he has a no he does not have a no move clause. He has one more year at two point five. That would be the move. That would be the move for me. Then go and get a good Branson, bring in a Nick Delorier, and your team- Branson and Samuelson would be nasty. That's number one. Uh, Racco Gudis, um, does he? The question is, does Racco Gudis have the ability to play 22 minutes a night? Okay. Um, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if that's the case. Well, that's not even strength minutes. He's not going to be on the power play. He's going to kill you penalties. And he's going to he's going to play even strength. What's that? Yep. 16, 17 minutes. Oh, it could be a 20 minute guy. Okay. Like Darlene next year, Darlene next year is not going to be playing 21 minutes a night. I don't know what he's averaging this year, but um, I would think that uh, with the trajectory of, of, a, of Erasmus Darlene and how he's continued to improve his overall game, I would think that Rasmus Darlene next year is going to be averaging 24, 25 minutes a night. I do Can I get that. a... Uh... Can I get just a a, a dictionary definition of project, projectionary? Is that like a, is that a cross between projection and trajectory? Fuck, are you a dick? <laughs> so sick of your shit. Oh, I couldn't help it. I couldn't. I couldn't help it. It was the second time you used so it. Listen, so no, listen. Listen so to no, his Gouda, last ten games. Gudas played. Gudas played ten minutes last game. <laughs> That's not our guy. Twenty four. 24, 24, 22, 33, 23, 51, 24, 33, 25, 31, 25, 23, 24, 24, 20, 28, 26, 26, 26, 28. 20. Rasmus Dahlin next year could be playing anywhere from 24 to 27 minutes on average every game. Okay, and you know what? I take that back about Gudis. He's probably in the 17, 18-minute range. That was just a rare game for him. He played 10, 14 the game before that. So his ice time has gradually declined a little bit. But he's been, a, he's been up there averaging probably by these numbers 17 minutes. But, but what were you saying about Dahlin? You think Dahlin's going to play that much ice time? He's already playing it now. He's killing penalties now, is he not? Yes. Okay. Is he going to be a regular penalty killer, you think? Or are they just giving him that because it doesn't They're working matter. him in to see if he can continue to improve and, and, and add but why on. Why does he to have he to has. be a penalty killer? Why does he have to play 28 minutes? If he's, I don't get it. Like, why force him into that position? That's, that's, um, what, I, that's what I'm saying. Do you think that's worthwhile? I think with the defense core that we have right now, I think Rasmus Dahlin should be on the uh, penalty kill. If right. you add in two players next year that are 
bigger, stronger, more bona fide defensive hockey players, then you might not need Rasmus Dahlin for penalty kill. Okay. But if he's if he's good enough, then you want to continue like I would much rather have a Victor Hedman type player. Okay. I would like to have a Roman Yossi type player. These these are guys that play in every aspect of the game. And I think that that's what they would like out of Rasmus Dahlin. And in order to, in order, he's, you got to put him in these situations, allow him to fail, allow him to understand the little nuances of being a great penalty killer, positioning, stick positioning, when to force, when not to, when to block a shot, when to box out. These are all things that you have to learn and you're going to make mistakes but you learn from the mistakes and you continue to get better. And I think they're putting them in these situations. I think it's good. I think he's done a nice job. Okay. All right. Tomorrow, Gio is going to come on. We'll talk about, um, obviously, you know, the Sabres last game. Uh, We'll do our grades, final season grades next week. We got to talk tomorrow about uh, Rick Jenneret's last game. It's a, it's an absolute shame that the last he's had to, his last 11 years have been the way they are. He deserves to go out a little better than this, but they are what they are, the circumstances. And he's been, uh, he's an icon, but we'll talk more about him tomorrow. And also something we'll chat about tomorrow, the NHL PA player poll, Riv. Player poll. Best question was best road city. And I just, it made me think of just a couple stories. Um, you know, what was it has to be Montreal. It I don't think number one I, I don't have in front of me. I don't think it was Montreal. I think uh, Vegas was one. Obviously, Nashville was in there. Um, Fort Lauderdale was in there. New York was in there. And I just thought about our night in Fort Lauderdale. Wow. And then I thought about you know what I thought about. You know what story came to mind was that it was the night after we. So we went to New York. You were on the team, and we went from Montreal to New York. And you said if we beat Montreal. You're buying a team dinner in New York. Remember, you bought the team dinner in New York City? No, or, I said I would buy a team dinner. I put a team dinner on on the, on the board, uh, board. On the board, yeah. It's like the Thinking same. that it was going to cost me, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, and you, you did the dinner in New York City. I remember the restaurant. I remember what I wore that night, okay? But most importantly, I remember the bar we went to after as a team, and it had the mechanical bowl. <laughs> Do you remember this? <laughs> I can't remember who rode the mechanical bull. Was it Roisy? Did you? I didn't. I, I know. I know who. I know. I know who rode the bull. And he got. He got tossed off the, the over the horns, didn't he? I can't. I. I. All I remember about that there, night was Patty Laleem had on that black. Arg- Argyle swell, <laughs> an Argyle sweater, and uh, you ended up pulling it off him, tearing it, tearing it off him, and uh, Not tearing it like it literally tearing it off, like tearing it over his head, like I was jerseying him, and then pulled because he. W- I said, "Give me the sweater now," and he wouldn't give it to me. And I was like, "No, I'm going to get the sweater. You better give it to me." Do you remember that? And I just ripped it off of him over his head. Yeah. But go on. I just remember you. It was like fat guy in a little coat. You put on this Argyle sweater that was like a youth medium. And you were like a triple XL at this time. And you wore this thing. And 
it was so ridiculous. It was like you wearing your son Brody's sweater. It, but it I wore so it the small. whole rest of the night, if you remember. Yes, I, I wore, did. and then I'm in the middle of the dance floor <laughs> with Patty Lalim's Argyle sweater, and I'm going down and I'm doing the kick kick saves. Do you remember that? I'm like doing the kick saves and the blocker saves in his sweater, right? Do you remember this? The, all the guys were on the I dance do. floor. Yeah, I'm sitting around and I'm like doing all these goalie moves in Patty Lalim's sweater. Well, I wore the sweater the rest of the night, and I never gave it back to him. And it was kind of like one of those. It was one of those things where uh, uh, it was kind of like an unspoken thing. Like, where's my sweater? I'm like, I don't know what happened to the sweater. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened to the sweater. Where's my sweater? Hey, you have my sweater? Because it was a nice sweater, okay? Like, he made good money. Like, he's, he, he dressed well, okay? So, so do you remember the next time the sweater popped back up? I, I, <laughs> Refresh my memory. I would... We had a Halloween party in November because we had a road trip through Halloween and middle of the night out comes the Patty Laleem sweater on the pool table at Cobblestone. I brought it back out, out of, uh, out of retirement that night. And I started doing, doing the goalie moves again. I'd had it dry clean and everything, but I stretched it back out again. But anyway, that was the night that it came back. I kept it until the Halloween party, and then I put it on at the Halloween party and gave it back to him. That was yeah. our. That was one of the best nights. That was one of the most fun I've ever had. But I couldn't remember. I remember like I. I can remember this, and I'm not going to say who it is. But there was a guy on the team who was a single guy. Um, we, we had a lot of young guys, a lot of single guys, and and this young guy ended up bringing. Um, uh a young lady to the bar and she was a solid triple sized plus, you know, figure, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, it's, you know, each to their own. Um, but she was a solid, solid, um, hefty lady that was wearing a skin tight skin tight skirt that night. And, uh, I remember she got on the bull. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, man. She, I have never seen someone get on the bull. And she was bigger than the bull. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching this go on and I'm watching her trying to get onto the bull. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't think the bull is going to be able to hold her. But uh, yeah, she, uh, she, she rode that bull and... Um, you you remember that? I was like, "What the heck, man?" Oh, the shit you remember, man. Oh my god, is that funny? On that note, that's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle and at Craig Reve fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.